Welcome to Full Disclosure, a podcast to provide legal information and updates to individuals, businesses and business advisors in South Australia. This podcast is brought to you by Mellor Olson Lawyers, a full-service South Australian law firm. The information, opinions and advice in this podcast are for general information only. In today's episode, we're talking with Mellor Olson solicitor Nick Coots. Welcome, Nick. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for having me. No worries. Nick, with the rise of digital platforms and social media sites, digital legacy Mm -hmm. is something that should be considered as part of the normal will and estate planning process. Do I need to appoint an executor to manage my digital assets after I'm gone? Well, the short answer to this question is yes, but there's also a bit of an asterisk on that yes. So broadly speaking, the executor that you appoint in your will, so the executor is the person who's responsible for managing all of your affairs after you die. They will also be responsible for managing your digital assets and for the digital footprint that you leave behind. Um, But the way that this works may depend on the terms and conditions of the individual sites and services. It's possible, however, to appoint a separate digital executor from the executor that's going to deal with everything else that you leave behind, but that's not necessarily advisable depending on your circumstances. Okay, so we're talking about Facebook, for example. Let's start with Facebook. So you can choose to notify the site uh, in advance as to whether you want to have your profile memorialised or whether you want it removed completely after you die. Uh, A memorialised profile is, you know, like a virtual shrine where people can still come and post things on your birthday or still look at the photos that are there or whatever it might be. One of the ways you can do that is by appointing a legacy contact. I think they refer to it as a close family member. Um, uh, Appointing someone who will be able to make that call for you and notify Facebook that you've you've passed away and that your profile needs to be memorialised. They'll need to provide some proof of death, obviously. You can't just go doing this for whoever. Uh, And it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that you've put in your Facebook profile information as being a close family member. If you've put Keanu Reeves as your uncle, it doesn't necessarily mean that Keanu Reeves can memorialise your Facebook profile. Do you need to be, or does the person that you appoint need to be of a certain age? Uh, So they need to be over 18 to be your executor and they would need to be over the age of 18 to be able to memorialise your profile. So what do family members, um, what rights do they have when it comes to you passing on and your digital footprint? So if you haven't, this is still in terms of Facebook, if you haven't appointed a specific contact then your family members can contact Facebook to say so and so has passed away and this is what we want to have happen with their profile they'll just need to jump through a few more hoops to prove that they are actually connected to you and that you have passed away. Okay, but you don't have as much control about what you want to happen. If you appoint somebody and put your wishes out there now, you've got a bit of control. And so much of the estate planning space that we look in is making sure that you're in control about what happens not only with your assets but also with your footprint as well. So we talked about Facebook. Do the same rules apply for Instagram? Yes, so a while ago Instagram was bought up by Facebook, so the rules are actually um, pretty much the same. Uh, they also have the, the close family member option, um, and once there's you know, proof of death and proof of a connection that's been provided, the account can be closed down or it can be memorialised so that you know, 
all the photos of the Southport Beach stairs and of Eggs Benedict that you have every Sunday um, is memorialised forever. So what about Twitter? Pretty similar to uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram. So again, Twitter can deactivate, remove or um, lock the account, memorialise the account. Um, and again, someone needs to come along and prove that they are entitled to act and, um, and that you have passed away. And that entitlement can be through proving that they are a close family member or through showing that they're an executor through something like a grant of probate. So it really is something that you should be considering when you're setting up some social media platforms. So it might be, you know, worth thinking about this before you set up your TikToks and Snapchats and so on and so forth. Absolutely, especially because lots of people, especially younger people, when they're doing their will, they'll say that, you know, they appoint mum and dad as their executor. That's fine. Mum and dad might be the best person to deal with the bank account and deal with whatever super you've accumulated during your life and whatever else. But mum and dad might not be the best person to go around memorialising your TikTok account, um, keeping in mind that none of these uh, institutions grant access to the account. It's only in terms of memorialising it or closing it down. But it might be useful to have a think about who's going to be in control of all of these affairs after you pass away. So we've talked about things like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Can you take me through the process of other things such as email accounts? What happens and what needs to be considered in the event of death and your Gmail account, for example? Sure. So once again, um, if someone proves that they are next of kin or an executor, um, and if someone proves that you've passed away, um, Hotmail and Gmail both allow those accounts to continue to exist. They'll, they'll preserve that data. They won't allow access to it. Um, Hotmail will also remove an account if it's inactive for, I think it's 270 days, um, which is, you know, means that some accounts are going to be closed naturally anyway. Is it the same with Yahoo, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what we're really seeing here is that with all of these institutions, it's more or less the same process. Someone has to prove that they're connected to you and that you've passed away. Uh, and then, you know, it's really a similar landscape from there. Um, maybe appointing somebody that has a bit of an understanding of the digital landscape as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Nick, do you have any tips for the listeners in regards to how they go about making sure that they've sort of considered all of this? Absolutely. So, I reckon a good place to start is to come up with a list uh, of all the sites and services that you use, partly to help remind yourself of things that might be inactive and you can close down yourself. Uh, but also that list is going to be very useful for whoever is running around doing all the cleaning up after you're gone. Because people aren't going to necessarily know what um, subscriptions you have. So once you've got that list, I'm hesitant to say record your username and password on that list because depending on who gets their hands on that list, they could end up having some adverse effects there. And as we've seen, most of these sites won't grant access to anyone. So. If you'd rather keep your things hidden, you don't have to record your new username and password, but at least giving them the contact points to look for um, is a good place to start. And then consider with each of those services, what do you want to have happen to them? So it might be the case that you want your Facebook profile to be memorialised, but you want your Instagram profile gone or vice versa or whatever it is. So I think if you can put down some kind of direction for what you want to have happen and then put that somewhere safe, third drawer down in the kitchen, for example, um, and then at least that gives your executor a head start on where to go and what to do. 
So we should document what our wishes are Absolutely. and then maybe let the executor know that they're the executor. Absolutely. And then let them know where the wishes are. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to documenting things in an estate planning sense, there's always a couple of ways that we can go about it. So if your directions are specific enough that you want them listed in the will, you can do that. You could say, I wish my executor memorialise my Facebook account, but I want them to take down my TikTok account, whatever it might be. Um, and then at the time that you pass away, that becomes as binding as law if it's in the will. Those wishes might change, those services might change. It might not be something that you want in the will. So then you can just have an explanatory note alongside it. The only caution I would express there though is that some explanatory notes that sit alongside the will can start to infringe on the territory of the will it's a bit of a complex thing that we don't really need to get into now, but if the explanatory note looks too much like a will, it might affect the validity of the will. So just make sure you're careful about how you're doing that and maybe get some legal advice on it. It's <laughs> good advice. I guess I would imagine that it's also easier for those people that you leave behind that your wishes are, wishes are detailed. Uh, you know, you don't really want one sister thinking that you want to do one thing and another thinking you want to do something else. I think it's just really easy to say, look, this is what, you know, her wishes are and this is what we're going to go down the path of doing. Should I check um, with the person that I'm appointing the responsibility to? Absolutely. So, in the area of estate planning, there's a couple of big documents, right? So, there's the the will, which takes effect after you die. There's power of attorney, which operates while you're alive, but if you've lost your capacity. And there's uh, advanced care directive, which is health, lifestyle, medical treatment, that kind of stuff. With the power of attorney and the advanced care directive, the person that you're appointing has to sign the document to say they're happy to take on that role. With the executor, there's no such requirement for, for that. And sometimes executors get very surprised to find out that they're executors, and executors get a little bit angry that they now have to do all this extra work and all this running around. So always check with the person that it's a good idea and that it's something that they want to be a part of. Well, I would love to thank you for your time today, Nick. It's certainly something that I hadn't considered fully, and I'm sure some of our listeners haven't either. No worries, Lucy. Thank you very much. Mella Rolson has experienced practitioners that can provide advice around wills and estates planning. The information in this podcast is general in nature. For podcast terms and conditions or for more information on Nick, Wills and Estates and Mella Rolson Lawyers, please visit molawyers.com.au.